Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Ego Shop Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski. And on today's episode we have a new set of Call of Duty League matches to talk about the first uh, weekend without Scump in the Call of Duty League. Um, and speaking of Scump, he also had a, a pretty successful weekend uh, co-streaming the CDL that we'll um, discuss later in the show. And we also have some roster news that we should cover as well during the during this podcast episode. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Bink? I'm all right. Ready to jump right in. All right, let's let's just start with the first match of the week because it it leads into our uh, only real roster change. That uh, we're probably going to talk about as well. New York versus Florida. Um, not a surprising result, at least in our eyes. We both went with New York to win this one. And uh, they did 3-1. Um, any thoughts on this match in general? And then we can hop into this uh, roster news. I, I think the biggest thing to point out is, it, and we'll talk about the record in a little bit, but... Um, it was a 3-1 win for New York in which Florida wins the S&D but loses all three respawns. Um, as we're going to get into in a little bit in a second here, I mean, I guess I might as well, I can bring it up. Um, yeah. According to BreakingPoint.gg, uh, Florida's records so far this year, they're 4-18 and in hardpoint, 11-5 and in search, and 6-6 six and six in control. The control 6-6 six and six is whatever, it's 500 record. Um, but the, the four and eighteen in hard point really stands out, and conversely, eleven and five in search. It, it's not the best, but you know it's a, a two for one ratio, so um, it's pretty good. So um, that's pretty glaring, and obviously, when when you're losing that many hard points and uh, you're struggling, and they they played decently at, at major one, were able to knock out optic in uh, the the group play, but. Um, if you're struggling that much in hard point, which, you know, we we say S&D is the most important mode, uh, but you, you play two hard points in a four-game series, too, just like you play two S&Ds in a five-game series. So um, if you, if you want to get to a game five, which obviously Florida does with how well they play in search, um, they're going to have to play two hard points, and it's kind of tough to get to that game five if you're consistently losing two hard points because then that means the other team just has to steal uh, the control or or steal the S and D from under you too. So, um, it, it's hard to succeed as a CDL team when you are struggling that mightily in hardpoint, and it seems like that could have been the reason for the change that Florida announced today, which is Dave Patty coming in for Brack. Yep. Uh, so if you want to read an article about it, we have a um, a story on dotesports.com uh, from our good friend Scott. Uh, he wrote up today that. Um, yeah, like you said, Brack has been benched, and Dave Patty, who was on the starting roster for Florida most of the season last year, and was the only, uh, you know, holdover or not the only holdover, but he was brought back this season despite not uh, immediately starting for the Mutineers. Um, he will be replacing Brack in the starting lineup, which um, I think. I mean, I, I didn't really have very high expectations for Florida, and I don't think you did either, uh, just based on the roster they had announced. And they haven't been they haven't been terrible, but they also, like you've illustrated with your uh, you know, the map counts and stuff, they haven't been good either, uh, specifically in hard point, which like you said, is um, you know, 
very, very important. Like it's very hard to win series if you're not winning hard points. And um, I mean, this is a, a surprising change in the sense that they made it right now and they didn't wait after a major, which is typically when teams uh, decide to make these changes. So why do you think that they they opted to do this right now, um, heading into the third and final week of online qualifiers? The only logical explanation I can think of is that they just think Dave Patty uh, will help improve their hard point. Um, looking at the numbers from that perspective, that's really the only thing I can think of. Um, it's actually uh, pretty impressive that, or, or you know, surprising to me that Brack was the, the move here. Um, obviously, Dave Patty's a slower AR player, so you're not going to, um, you, you assume they wouldn't have Dave Patty return for uh, Havoc or Vickle because then you're just having a, a really heavy AR team and not a lot of subs similar to what happened last year when they had Awakening Skies and Dave Patty. Um, but if, if we look at the stats again, uh, presented by Breaking Point, uh, Brack actually had the highest KD in all three game modes for Florida this year so far. He had a 1.04 in hard point to lead the team. The next highest was Major Maniac with a 0.95. Um, in Search, he had a 1.3 overall KD. The next highest is, was a 1.19 from Havoc, which those are just both absurd. And actually, they, they have all over a 1.05 in S&D, the, the four for Florida, which, again, just speaks to how well they've played in search this year. Um, and then in control, Brack has a 1.0, the only you know 1.0 KD on the team. The next highest is Havoc with a 0.97. So um, had the highest KD in all three modes and gets benched. It, it's got to be something with chemistry. Um, or they think Dave Patty's just going to help try to improve their hard point. I don't really know, but when you look at the stats in that sense, um, it goes back to something we've talked about multiple times on this podcast that contrary to what many fans in the competitive Call of Duty community think, uh, KD isn't everything. Yeah, it's definitely not. We've seen it in the past where players that you know are pretty much being complained about or roasted online for however bad their KD is or whatever stat that they want to bring up. Um, and they consistently stay on teams. They're a part of winning teams. It's happened before. It'll always happen because there's only so many kills on the map. And, um, but uh, we also just don't even know the, the team dynamics of so many of like these changes. Um, it could have been like, regardless of the, the talent that Brack brought or however many good things he brought, maybe they weren't clicking as a team, which is always um, something to keep an eye out for. Uh, I was I was looking at the Florida stats from last season just to see because I know that um, Dave Patty was in the roster for most of the season uh, last year, um, and this is for the whole season. So obviously, uh, kind of cut out a little bit of it. But they were thirty-one and thirty-one in hard point, and then they had a losing record in search, and then a even record again in control. Um, so at least last season, uh, where Day Patty played three fourths of the year with them, they were you know five hundred in hard point and control, um, and they weren't bad uh, in search and destroy. They were like forty forty five percent win percentage, which isn't great, but it's a lot better than being what what did you say four and eighteen in hard point yeah. uh, this season? Yeah, it's a lot better um, than that. So it, it could just come down to. Again, like we've had a an AR heavy meta, which is kind of unusual for modern Call of Duty. It typically leans towards 
you know, the ARs are usually good, but um, a lot of times in recent years, we've seen like the MP5, for example, just be like the God gun that everybody wants to use. Whereas now we have a, a pretty AR dominant meta that um, maybe will suit Dave Patty, but it's uh, kind of remained to be seen on that. Um, any other thoughts on this change now that Florida has announced um, that, you know, they are actually are making a change and they're one of the few teams so far to actually have announced uh, any changes. I just, I, I was excited to see Brack actually get a shot in the CDL this year. Um, talked about it heading into the season, how he was on that Toronto 10-man squad for the first inaugural season of the CDL. Uh, he didn't get his shot to actually play on the main squad. He was on the, the academy squad all year. So uh, I was looking forward to his, his, seeing him play this year. And obviously, you know, looking at the stats, he, he played well, statistically speaking. Uh, so I just got to say, I, I hope Brack is able to find some success and assuming he goes down and plays in challengers, uh, hopefully he's able to continue frying down there uh, and maybe gets another shot here soon. Uh, hopefully, you know, if, if it'd be a different conversation if, you know, he was, wasn't the top KD for his team in all three game modes. Um, but when you're producing numbers like that, even if we're saying, you know, stats aren't everything, uh, they do got to mean something in, in some cases. So, um, uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do going forward if he's able to find a challenger's team or, you know, if he goes down there and continues to play well, maybe he'll get another shot this year. Yep, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And Dave Batty's been kind of grinding away in challengers uh, so far this season. Um, just kind of uh, put a cap on this. So in the North America Cup, or they did not, or they did go to Raleigh and they finished top six, so he's been playing with Gravity, Capstool, and Hixie, so all guys that have been in the CDL or on CDL rosters before, and um, that's who he's been playing with, it looks like, the entire season so far uh, in Modern Warfare, which is, is good, obviously, to have like a consistent roster, which is pretty much the, like, the opposite for Challengers teams most of the time. They're almost always making changes so um you know very interesting Still to early. See. yeah yeah it is uh but it'll be interesting to see how brack responds if he's able to kind of even fight again back into the cdl uh, and like it is early like you said in the cdl we could very well see brack back in this florida lineup at some point uh, depending on how the results go and maybe replacing someone else in the roster it's, it's very hard to tell at this moment I mean, even even just thinking about that that roster you just mentioned for Dave Patty, if Brack is able to, you know, do a one for one swap there and go down and play with Gravity Capital and Hixie, those are all uh, guys who, you know, have good experience in challengers and have a little experience in uh, the CDL two. Obviously, Capital just most recently subbed in for LAT, so we don't know the situation there. Um, but whenever Kenny is feeling well again and able to return to action, you assume Capsule is going to go back uh, down to Challengers. There would just probably be a problem. Actually, yeah, they, they couldn't do that roster because I think you're only allowed to have two DDL subs on an amateur team, and Hixie's a Toronto sub, Capsule would be a Thieves sub, and Rack would be a Florida sub. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know but if they can do that, depending on Capsule's contract situation. Maybe you only sign like a two-week deal or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we we can wrap up by saying that if uh, Brack were to just replace Dave Patty on that lineup, that that wouldn't be the worst challengers lineup I've ever heard. 
Coincidentally, I just saw a tweet that says Diamond Con will be filling in for Brad or for uh, Dave Patty in that lineup for the elite, okay. <laughs> the elite playoffs. So I literally, it was just tweeted by the rotation like five minutes ago. So um, yeah, so congrats that to Diamond mean, Con. That would mean Brad could go to actually no, it doesn't. Yeah, because Diamond say, Con's out of LG Academy. The Academy and obviously LG Academy has Spartan Neptune. So if yeah. the two man rule is in effect, he couldn't go there either. So Brad might have a problem finding a team, but. Uh, Wishing him the best. Yep. Um, yeah. It's it's not fun to be in challengers. I'm um, I'm pretty sure for anybody, but Brack, uh, especially now that they are, I think it's pretty close to the major, and it's kind of a bad time to get benched from a team. There's not a lot of teams out there looking for one. Um, so yeah, the Brack has been benched from Florida. Uh, and let's move on to uh, some of these other matches, which um, this next one is, you know, is probably the most for uh, the most anticipated match of the entire weekend. Uh, Optics first match without Scump uh, playing the Seattle Surge. Um, and Scump was doing a watch party at the Optic headquarters um, during the match had I don't even know, 70,000 viewers. Um, he had, I believe, more viewers than the main CDL stream at one point. Um, so Optic uh, playing with Dashi in um, replacing Scump. So a, a real weird roster. Uh, a lot of questions about the chemistry issues considering Dashi has been benched. Um, Illy and Dashi were, you know, temporarily dropped in the offseason. A lot of drama between Rambo, the the head coach of Optic, and Dashi. Um, but the team looked pretty good, and they pulled a reverse Optic. They lost both hard points, and they won both searches. Um, I, I guess let's just get your thoughts in general about this match because we, we've talked a lot about Seattle and um, the Pred situation, which is, uh, you know, a, a big coincidence that he plays Optic uh, in Scump's first match after, or Optic's first match after Scump's retirement. Um, Pred plays Optic, and um, Seattle has also not had a great season uh, since they had that first major victory uh, so, or uh, first major runner-up uh performance so uh what do you think of optic versus seattle yeah this um you know doing it piecemeal here because optic played two matches this weekend mm -hmm. um but just talking about this one match in particular obviously like you said it's a little surprising to be talking about an optic team that doesn't win hard point and wins both searches mm -hmm. um which if that was the case uh going into their following match um i, I would have been a little concerned or having a different conversation here but um just for this match in particular it, it makes sense that seattle uh was able to beat them in hard point you know i i think i saw a tweet before the matches last week that like dashy's plane uh to texas got delayed or something or came his flight got canceled and uh they weren't able to scrim like the day before so like they had limited practice already because scump retired on what was the monday right so like they had like four yeah. days of practice max and one of them might have gotten chalked due to flights so um limited practice for optic with this four-man squad of shotzi illy hook and dashi um it, it makes a little bit sense going up against a, a strong slaying team like seattle that seattle wins those hard points um but based on optics performance earlier in the year uh it is interesting they're able to clutch up and and take the s and d's at the same time, at the at oh, is this Seattle's only match of this weekend? 
Um, I think it was. Um, so at the end of this match, uh, Breaking Point tweeted out that uh, Seattle are 0 and 10 in S and D and online qualifier matches this year. So I mean, they have a really good S and D coach in, in equip. Um, but they got to go back to the drawing board if if they're struggling that mightily in, in search and destroy, particularly in uh, the online qualifier matches. That, again, that could be a situation we've talked about in the past with you know just online struggles because they did just come in second at the major, and obviously I, I don't have their S and D record at that major in front of me, but I would assume you know it was better than 0 and 10. So, um, you know maybe Seattle's just a better team on land than online, but um, yeah, I just think that, um, it, it's a team that has potential. We've talked about it before, and it's a team that last year, even with this exact same lineup, had flip-flop moments where they were going on win streaks and then they were going on losing streaks, hot and cold, uh, however you want to phrase it, but, um, this isn't the first time we've seen Seattle go on a bit of a losing streak. It does come at a time where... Uh, it follows that, you know, the roster drama and the potential uh, cred acquisition by Optic. And we've talked about that in the last couple of shows, how that affects the Seattle's team chemistry and that sort of thing. Um, but we're just going to have to see if Seattle is able to bounce back in uh, this final week of qualifiers heading into the major. Because I just had it and I lost it. Pretty sure Seattle is in last place because they're 0-3. But let me make sure. Um, yeah, they're they're zero and three in the major two qualifiers. The only team without a win right now. So, um, they gotta have a basically go two and zero this following week, uh, to have a shot at not starting in the loser bracket in Boston. Yeah, and I I just looked up their uh the Seattle Surge's stats for the major um their map stats. So according to Breaking Point, they were four and five at the major in search. And uh, so, it, but that was their worst game mode. They were seven and four in hardpoint and five and two in control. So yeah, um, definitely a, a big drop off from that. Even that's almost five hundred, uh, which you know you you take like obviously if you're good in the other two game modes and you can kind of just split search and destroys, you could probably win a lot of matches and even tournaments. Uh, but when you're winless, you can't even buy a win in search. That's a that's concerning and it's especially concerning like I, I respect the individual skill level and the the talent of uh in search and destroy of the the optic players like that's a nasty squad to, to go up against in search but like you said they didn't really have a lot of practice and for them to win 12 to 6 in rounds win both of the searches uh that's not a good sign for seattle it could be more of an online thing, uh, who knows, but uh, we kind of have to take these results at face value and not kind of distribute blame about the online stuff anyway. Um, but yeah, definitely something to be a little concerned about as a if you're a Surge fan, just because, I mean, they they had a real habit of going up and down, up and down last year, and you don't want that to happen again because who knows, like, they they finished on a you know on the incline they finished in third last year uh at the at champs but what if they finish this season on a down note what if that that's the time that they start dipping and they either don't make it to champs or um obviously 
get really bad placing at champs. That's that's something to look out for, but uh, probably a little ahead of ourselves on that point. Um, but yeah, the the optic. Let's talk about the other optic match real quick, so we can kind of move on from the optic stuff as a whole. So optic also played the Boston Breach uh, this week. Nope, not the not Boston Breach. Who the Toronto? They played the Toronto Ultra. I don't know what I was actually looking at when I I pulled that up. So Optic played Toronto uh, on Saturday, and they kind of they pulled an opposite. They uh, they won two hard points and a search in this, uh, which is pretty surprising, especially considering we both picked Toronto going into this. The Ultra had looked like one of the better teams in the league, and we were concerned about the lack of practice with Optic and the the potential chemistry issues that they could face. Um, but they didn't seem to bother optic at all during this. Uh, what's your take on this match? Yeah. Ju- just to set the stage a little bit so yeah. we can move on from Toronto as well. Um, the final match on Friday was LA thieves versus Toronto. Uh, capsule played in place of Kenny who was ill. Um, so capsule made his CDL return and Toronto made quick work of LA thieves three Oh, um capsule played pretty well for a last minute sub he he had the most kills uh on la thieves in this match at 48 octane was next highest at 46 um so it, it was a quick series uh toronto looked strong obviously you can't take much away from that uh because you know like you just said toronto is a really has been looking like a really strong team they were playing against a team with a, a last minute sub um so that's a match you expect toronto to win um and similarly, that sets the stage for this Optic match where they're playing another team again with not a last minute at sub. And, you know, Dashy isn't necessarily a last minute sub to the same capacity that uh, Capital was. But sure. it's, again, a, a squad against a new lineup. Uh, Optic did have the previous match against Seattle uh, the very day before, too, to try and, you know, get acclimated to the new squad. But like you said, both of us predicted Toronto here thinking... Um, they, they should take care of business against a new look optic squad and optic was able to win this one by winning two hard points in the s and and that's kind of uh what i was talking about with that seattle match where you know um they didn't win the hard points in that match but you don't really expect them to win uh the hard points against the team as, as strong as toronto and they're able to do that that that's a really good sign for optic moving forward so they have a 2-0 week um against the Seattle, who was second in Major One, and Toronto got fourth, I think. I, I knew Seattle got second. I think Toronto got fourth because it was New York, Seattle, Faves, and then I believe Toronto. So um, it, it's two quality wins for Optic, especially for a new roster. And the way they got both wins was different, obviously going from winning no hard points to winning two in the very next series against a, a very strong team in Toronto. So that was a surprising result to see. Um, but obviously, if you're a Greenwall fan, that that's gotta you know gotta have your hopes up for uh, the future of the this squad and the potential that they have. I think we should also mention that Italy played out of the Toronto Ultra facility because he was uh, he's been stuck in Canada um, back home because of visa issues, and people were saying that he was uh, they probably kicked him out right afterward because uh, you can't do that. You can't take advantage of your hosts like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's really one really cool of uh, Toronto to to allow that to like help him out while he's 
uh, away or away from the facility in Texas, and he's back home because of stuff outside of his control. Um, and also just a, a really good week for Optic. Um, I mean, the beginning of the week probably sucked for every Optic fan in the world uh, because Scump retired. And then by the end of the week, I feel like a lot of the those same Optic fans were more hopeful because they showed signs of life. Um, the team was you know, very hit and miss so far this season, but to beat Seattle, um, even with their, you know, down times in search and destroy and to beat a team like Toronto, who I think many people consider to be a top four team, uh, definitely a team to look out for, for the rest of the season, um, to beat those kind of teams is, is very impressive. And now that they're three and zero in stage two, they have a really good, um, you know, good look at uh, major two. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for for Optic. Um, and looking at the stats, it's uh, like Hook kind of his search was incredible. He had a 1.69 uh, KD in search, and I mean everybody kind of went off in search and destroy, which they went three and zero in S and D this week, which is a you know a very non-Optic thing to do at times. Um, so I. I, there's really nothing bad to say about Optic. It's about whether they will, can continue this, uh, especially when they get to land, um, and especially if Illy has any more visa issues because that's something to keep an eye out for. Hopefully he doesn't because we want to see all of them compete at the land together, but I think that's, um, that is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and, and just real quick too, similar yeah. to how Illy was uh, competing out of Toronto, I believe Capital was competing from uh, the Optic HQ. So, uh, really, really cool to see these the teams helping each other out because you know you never know when you're going to be in a situation. Obviously, Optic was in that situation with Toronto, um, so they're getting the help from Toronto, and then they're willing to extend the hand to Nate Shots team. So, um, pretty cool to see there and i will just say too there was an interesting moment in this optic toronto match where in the the map three control um i believe it was when toronto was up two one um they won three one so i'm pretty sure yeah they were up two one in the control but down oh two in the series uh scrappy just unloaded a full clip into shotzi's body after killing him towards the end of the map uh, which was pretty interesting, you know. I'm I'm all for uh, the in-game banner and trash talk. Uh, you know, I'm a little on on the fence about shooting bodies because you know I I have seen plenty of cases where I've shot bodies and it's come back to bite me. So, um, I just I thought that was interesting, and they talked about it on on I saw a clip from uh, Scump's uh, watch party too, where they were talking about him and and just Scrappy in general. Uh, and like Scump and Hex are kind of like, you know, giving him just a little bit of praise saying that like, um, I I'm pretty sure Scump was kind of like, you know, it, it, it takes balls to, you know, come into the league talking trash, but to, to make to do that and be able to back it up is impressive. So um, well, we've talked about Scrappy throughout this year so far. He's, you know, in my eyes on, on pace to uh, be rookie of the year, you know, barring any uh, situation where a rookie comes in uh, mid-season and wins a tournament similar to what we saw last year kind of or years prior where it kind of skews uh rookie of the, rookie of the year voting but um yeah i think this was an interesting match uh, a good one obviously for optic will uh on the other side have to see how toronto responds but uh they're still a top team uh heading into the majors so um we'll just have to see how they bounce back 
Next match uh, was on the first match of Saturday, Boston versus Vegas. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, Boston uh, because, no, we didn't talk about Boston. Boston and Vegas, uh, <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, I, I'm sad because I picked Vegas just kind of hopping on the bandwagon, and I think their season's over now. Um, <laughs> they they lost to the breach, three uh, one. Um, just not a not a good start uh, for Vegas, and it didn't get much better later in the week. But uh, any thoughts on this breach versus Legion match? It's very similar to the uh, first match we talked about with Florida and New York, where in this situation Boston wins the three respawns. Vegas is only able to take the search. Um, I would have to actually dig into it a little bit because I feel like I've seen Vegas play a lot of Mercado search, and I feel like I've seen them do very well on Mercado search. Um, so they they won six one against Boston, which is obviously a pretty lopsided victory on that map in particular. So um, that's one thing to take away from Vegas is at least um, you know similar to Florida, they're playing well in search. It seems like so. Um, and they they when they won't beat Seattle earlier they won two searches, um. That was their only match before this one that we're talking about. So yeah, I mean, and uh, Breaking Point tweeted after this match this doesn't count their following match later in this weekend. But uh, as of this particular match against Boston Legion had won eleven of their last uh, eleven of their last twelve search and destroy games. So. Um, if, there any, if there's any silver lining for Vegas in this match in particular, at least they're playing well in search. So they have played Mercado three times this season, but they played Fortress a lot and hmm. LSELO uh, a lot. Let's just be recently because they played, you know, spoiler alert for the later match, they played uh, Mercado against London. They won that 6-2. So... In their last two matches, they've won 6-2 and 6-1 on Mercado search. So that just must be what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's just go through their stats real quick because I, this is really interesting. They are 14-5 and five in search. Obviously, that's counting their, their loss to London as well. So 14-5 and five in search, 7-18 and 18 in hardpoint. Um, they're, so they're winless on Fortress and Hotel in hardpoint. And then on Control, they are 3-10. and 10. <laughs> They are horrible in respawns um but it's kind of a testament that they were able to get a top six finish at the major despite you know um you know not not being great uh in respawn at the moment um but yeah not too surprising that they would lose as well uh against boston considering those stats now um next match of the week london versus lat uh and this was a, a big bounce back game for lat considering they've really struggled uh so far um and capsule uh, again filled in for kenny this uh, for this match as well and uh, a pretty clean sweep for the thieves um they beat london who um do we probably should talk about did we talk about the zero stuff last week well, then it wouldn't have been last week, so no, I guess not. Or, was this would have been his Paul X's first game back, right? Yeah, I think we talked about the scrap stuff. Yeah, uh, so we didn't talk about the the zero stuff. So yeah, so zero um ha he was replaced in the London starting lineup by Paul X, um who had been recently replaced by scraps in the lineup, and um 
I mean, let's let's just get your thoughts on this because I think that it's like it's it just sucks. Like I I really like Zero. I think that as the only European team and as the only English team, like London should really try to stick to that English core. And I I I most like attach Zero to London now because he's been with them for several years, even though he. Uh, I, what was it 2020 that he like barely played at all because of visa issues during covid like I think I, it was cold war so 2021 yeah 2021 um but i still kind of attach him and london together because he's been there for a while and to see him get benched and then they come out uh first match with paul x and they get swept um what do you think about the roster change uh to put paul x back in the lineup i was surprised by it um there was especially that little back and forth between Paul X and Scraps uh, on Twitter, which you, you can't take too much from, but it, it did exist. Or it was kind of like well, Scraps felt like Paul X was leaking uh, Scraps' return to the roster or whatever. Yeah. Um. So then, you know, just the following week to have them playing together could be, you know, interesting recipe there. But um, obviously, this is just the first match for this squad. We got another one for London to talk about very shortly. Um, but it, it is a you know a, t- a tough situation for a new squad going up against a team with an emergency sub in, in LA Thieves here. Um, it's it's kind of just like a coin toss at that point between which you know squad with minimal practice together uh, is able to pull it out, and just so happens LA Thieves were able to get that, and, and it was a big win for the Thieves too because they're now one and three. Uh, in the qualifier, so if they had lost that match, they would be 0-4 down there with Seattle, but with only one match to play, they would almost be guaranteed to start Major 2 in loser bracket. So um, being 1-3 means they only have one match this following week, which is a must-win if they don't want to start down in the loser bracket. I don't know who it's against off the top of my head. I can scroll down and find it, but um, it's against Boston, so that's not a particularly easy match. Um, but again, if the Thieves want to avoid the loser's bracket in Major 2, uh, this was a big win, and, and this following match against Boston will be too. Yeah. Um, as for London, I think that it's like... Uh, it's it's not great that their season has been the way it is. Like, they are... Right now, um, like, in the overall standings this season, they're in last place. They're three and seven on the season. They have the fewest CDL points, even though there's like a five-way tie for eighth or something like that. Um, so like it that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but also it's just not it's not good to start off so poorly. Um, but I also don't know if Paul X coming into the lineup is really gonna be like this, you know, whatever, like turnaround that they need. Um you know, we'll we'll talk about uh, in a little bit about their second match and how they won and stuff. But I still don't think that this is like a long term solution to anything. I just think that this roster is not not very good. Like in like it it wasn't a very good roster at least on paper coming into the season. I think a lot of people believe that this was you know one of the worst teams in the league heading into the year, and they've kind of kind of proved that. Um, you know, they're. Nobody else has fewer than five or fewer than four wins. They have three. It's just not been a good start to the season. But I also don't like to see zero on the bench when, you know, I think it's kind of a branding opportunity to be like the only English and the only European team. But 
like half the team now is Americans or not Americans, North Americans, because ASIM is Canadian. So, um, yep, but we'll, we'll see. And for LAT, I mean, it was a good win. It was definitely much needed. Even if Kenny wasn't in the roster, um, they, they just kind of need to get it going. Um, it's definitely not a cause for concern because they're, <laughs> they did this pretty much half the season last year where they were just kind of like win, lose, win, lose, lose, lose. And then they come back and, um, the end of the season, they were the best team. I think there was a stat though, that this was their first win in stage two of like either this season or last season. Um, like they had lost all of their matches in stage two last year. I think that's what maybe octane tweeted. Um, so that's pretty crazy if that's, that's a true stat. Uh, but yeah, definitely a good win for LAT. And uh, last match of Saturday, because we already talked about the Toronto Optics stuff, uh, Atlanta versus Minnesota, which was a very surprising result. We both picked Atlanta to win this, as most people would, and Minnesota end up sweeping the uh, sweeping phase. And um, I mean, I don't even know how to react to that because Atlanta had looked pretty good, all things considered. Um, you know, not as strong as their peak in 2021, but also like Minnesota has not looked great or had not looked great, uh, to this point. And even after this, they didn't look great. So what do you, what do you think about this? A three Oh win for the rocker? Yeah, I, I, I really was speechless when this happened. I, I still can't wrap my brain around it because like you said, uh, Atlanta was looking good coming into this because they had just swept Seattle. Obviously, Seattle's had its own struggles mm -hmm. um, in these online qualifiers, but um, it was a pretty convincing 3-0 from Atlanta in the past week. So coming off this where Minnesota had its struggles, they had like the food poisoning situation, but they were able to uh, pull off a win against London, I think, to end last week. Uh, to have Minnesota 3-0 phase here, I was just super surprised by that. Um, Looking at the scores too, it was Albagra Heart, uh, Albagra Fortress Hardpoint 250-246, uh, Hotel Search was 6-3, and then Fortress Control was 3-2. So 6-3 isn't the closest search, obviously, but the other two maps very close. Um, but just a very surprising result overall. Um, and and like you said, kind of um, had a little bit of a role reversal for these two teams. Uh, on Sunday that maybe, you know, indicates that something might have been going on for this match. But um, it's a very quality win for Minnesota. Um, and as we're about to talk about, um, Atlanta was able to bounce back with a, a quality win of its own. Yeah, um, definitely surprising. And they they literally kind of revert, reverted back to the mean immediately the next day. Um, we might as well just talk about Minnesota losing to LAG 3-1 and then Atlanta beating New York 3-2. So those, um, we, we have Atlanta getting swept on Saturday and then beating what is the best team in the league uh, in the final match on Sunday and Minnesota sweeping Atlanta and then immediately losing to LAG who are not like, I mean, I can't say they're not good, but they're not like they don't have a ton of chemistry. This is a pretty much entirely new roster that's kind of been flipped. Like Arstes has basically joined LAG Academy. Um, so uh, I guess where do you want to you want to talk about Minnesota or do you want to talk about Atlanta? 
I mean, we can just get Vegas London out of the way too. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, so Vegas London, uh, like we just talked about with London losing to LAT and the, uh, Vegas losing to Boston, they both played on Sunday against each other. Uh, we both picked Vegas because we're idiots, and uh, we well, 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 we always pick against <laughs> London, and now they win. So um, London, they win three uh, one. Scraps goes off on uh, on hard point. Vegas, I mean, <laughs> I I need to stop picking them because it's happening again. Um, Vegas is winning champs. Uh, Mike <laughs> said in the chat, I, I just don't know. I don't know at this point. Um, and after this, I think it was clay that he tweeted that he was having really good practice, but every time he gets in the match, he's pretty much underperforming now. Um, which, you know, he was trying to kind of, or he was venting about how he's trying to figure it out because he doesn't understand why he's not able to perform up to his standard in the game. So I thought that was a very interesting thing to tweet. Uh, but yeah, Vegas losing to London. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing here was just scraps absolutely went off uh, for London. Went 95 and 54 for a 1.76 KD mm -hmm. uh, in the series. The, the next highest kills, Paul X had 79. And then the highest kills on Vegas was 79 from Temp. So uh, almost a 20 kill difference between scraps and the next closest player in the series. So just a tremendous performance out of him. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, what London needs if this team and this lineup in particular is going to work. They need prime scraps to come back. Um, obviously, you know, him just recently making his return, it would make sense if it took him a couple matches to get back into his groove, but um, I'm not saying he scraps is going to drop a 1.76 every series, but if scraps is frying uh, and, and dropping big numbers, then that might be... Uh, what London needs to succeed, and especially in a series where Asim, who, in my opinion, has been the best player on London uh, this year, Asim has uh, the lowest KD. Uh, that kind of reflects just Asim in general, his play style. He doesn't really care about stats, at least it seems like he doesn't, and you know he does the dirty work and stuff like that. So, um, when he was performing well statistically, London ne might not necessarily have been having the best results, but. Um, with somebody else like Scraps picking up the slaying work, maybe that allows Asim to open up more routes and do that dirty work I was mentioning uh, to help lead the team to a win in other ways outside of just slaying. So, um, again, limited sample size here, especially for just London with Scraps and London with this particular four-man roster. Um, so we'll have to see more out of them. But at, at, you know, kind of like we were just saying with LA Thieves, um, this win over Vegas puts London at one at three. So if they hadn't won, they would be zero and four, with only one match almost guaranteed to start the major in the losers bracket. At one and three, with one match this upcoming week, um, they at least put themselves in a position with tiebreakers to have a shot at getting one of the lower seeds in the winners bracket for major two. Yeah, and to kind of follow up on my point about Clayster, he had a really bad series, fourteen and thirty in the first hard point, then uh, sixteen. And 30 in the control and then uh you know he wasn't too too bad in the search or the second hard point but you know he was not uh at least for a kd perspective he was not above a one kd in any of the four maps um whereas you know you look at temp uh 25 and 18 on that second hard point 30 and 21 in the control um definitely just not a, a good series as a whole for vegas um and it 
kind of comes back to that they are pretty horrible when it comes to respawns again they literally did it again where they won the search and destroy but lost all three of those respawns which is not a recipe for success and it's more of a recipe for a roster change if anything um down the line and uh i, I i'm fearful for my boy clayster uh, i've talked about how much uh like how i i think he's like my favorite player and He's obviously one of the best Call of Duty players of all time, but um, not a not a real good start or not a good middle, I guess, of these major two qualifiers for him or Vegas. Uh, and let's go to these LAG Minnesota and New York versus Atlanta. Let's start with the Gorillas and the Rocker. Um, so there were technical difficulties during this. I can attest to them because I only live about two and a half hours away from Columbus where the um like the CDL production crew is um and I also am from Columbus so I was talking to my parents and they said that they were getting a bunch of snow well apparently that snow turned into a big storm that uh, caused the CDL production crew's power to go out so this series actually finished off stream I think they only played one map if if I'm not mistaken off stream uh, but, uh, you know, it was a, a weird thing and I'm glad that it was played off stream because that's kind of, you know, you get the stay tuned, uh, essentially <laughs> if you don't do that. Uh, but, um, yeah, just a, a weird way to finish a series, but the, the gorillas finished the series nonetheless. Um, they looked really good in hard point, uh, which is, you know, kind of surprising, uh, especially considering Minnesota had just beaten Atlanta in a really tough hard point. Uh, but RCs looked really good in that first hard point. What do you think of the series and LAG's uh, win here? Yeah, obviously, like you said, didn't get to watch the uh, the second hard point, but RCs went absolutely off in the first hard point. And I've just I've really liked this iteration of LAG. I, I've been on the Joe C's hype train a little bit. I think Assault and Exceed have, have had their moments too. Um, so this team has definitely shown at least in my opinion, a little more potential than the roster LAG had at the start of the year, which obviously just didn't work out. So um, I'm interested to see how things continue for the Gorillas. Um, I've picked them a couple times in these major two uh, qualifiers now. And I think, so yeah, they had a winnable, they, I feel like they've just had winnable matches for these major two qualifiers. Um, and going through it, I remember now, so it started with, um, them playing Florida, and I know I picked Gorillas over Florida, but Florida took that one three two. Um, the Gorillas did win both hard points in that series. But again, going back to what we talked about with Florida, though, Florida takes the searches, um, and then the Gorillas had the upset over the Thieves, so that was a quality win for them. Um, and then they had this match here against Minnesota, which is another quality win in the sense that uh, Minnesota was just coming off their victory over Phase, and we don't really know. Uh, I, at least in my eyes now, I'm, I'm just super confused about Minnesota and where to put them because, you know, beating phase losing the Gorillas, it's kind of like coin toss at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so winnable matches for the Gorillas so far for this iteration of the team. This week, though, not winnable. Uh, well, winnable they play phase. Hard. <laughs> they play phase in Toronto. So this will yeah. be the real test, I think, uh, for what the Gorillas are capable of. Um, we did see, I don't remember the exact result, but I know LAG Academy played phase at Major 1 in group play, and it went map 5. 
Um, so I don't remember if LAG Academy won both hard points in that series or not, but obviously that was three-fourths of this current LAG roster. Um, so that could be a good match, and it's the revenge match for RCDs going up against the team that dropped them too, so storyline there. Um, but yeah, I just think this was a, a, a good win for the Gorillas over a Minnesota team coming off a good win itself. Um, don't really know what to think of Minnesota as a result of their results this past week. Um, we'll have to see what they're able to do the following week. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what Gorilla is able, what LAG is able to do with two tough matchups on paper this weekend. In that LAG Academy phase game uh, match, it was uh, so phase lost both hard points, uh, but won the control and then obviously won both searches, winning 3 2. Um, I mean, that would seem to indicate that we might be in for a really good series this week as well. well let me see for a second here. I might, they might be undefeated at hard point with this current now because let's see. They beat Florida and they, they went 2-0 in hard point. Um, or they lost to Florida but went 2-0 in hard point, sorry. Um, they beat the Thieves 3-1, went 2-0 in hard point. And yep, they undefeated. beat Minnesota and went 2-0. So they're 6-0 in hard point with this current roster. Yeah, an O and three in control, coincidentally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean that's it's really small good. Small sample size, but yeah, yeah, really small sample size, and all of it is online at the moment. But uh, from what we can tell, they are very good in hard point. Um, that being said, we don't really know how well each of those three teams that they beat, what to make of them at the moment, because Florida is. You know, obviously in disarray, they've already made a roster change now. LAT have been just up and down, mostly down. And then Minnesota, like you just said, you don't know what to make of them at the moment because they just beat FaZe and then they lose to LAG, um, which could just say a lot about LAG, uh, we might find out. But at the moment, my my thinking is that Minnesota is still learning how to play together or something like something along those lines that they will grow into it because I just kind of believe in that roster more so than this LAG team uh, at the moment. But we'll see. I, I've been wrong many, 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 many times before. It could be another case. And then if it is the case, I will be breaking out my LAG merch to wear on stream at some point. Um, but yeah, so LAG beat Minnesota. And then in the final match of the qualifiers uh, of this week of qualifiers, at least, Atlanta Phase beat the New York Subliners in a um, in a really good match, went to game five. Atlanta uh, comes out with the victory. Uh, any thoughts on this after seeing the day before Atlanta get swept by Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, this was a, a really big win for Atlanta just in the sense of taking down the reigning champ. Obviously, in, I'm pretty sure New York was the team. Yeah, New York eliminated Atlanta at the major because they faced off in the losers' finals and New York beat them to get to the grand finals. Um, but it was just a super long series. Like it, it, I, I, it was happening during the Cowboys game, so I was watching on and off. Um, but there's just a lot of delays. There was no broadcast or no commentary because of the the snowstorm in Columbus. So it was just gameplay. Then the map five had like three delays just in map five itself. It went like three two, then massive pause. Then it went like four three, massive pause, and then they finished it again. So. Um, really weird series. I, I'm pretty sure I saw like multiple players in the series just talking about how it was a draining one that took forever. Um, so that that could have an impact on the actual result. But um, 
outside of the, the six five final map, you know, New York does win both hard points, uh, including a, a hundred point club on on uh, Hydro hard point in game four, um, which is something I want to talk about real quick. I just yep. side note, I I didn't. Uh, I felt like there were spawn changes that were mentioned by a lot of the CDL teams the, heading into the first week of the qualifiers, and I don't think we. I would have to go through those results again. I'm pretty confident though that we didn't see Zarqua hard hydroelectric played at all in the first week, and we saw it played multiple times in this uh, second week of qualifiers. So maybe it's at the point now where teams are kind of figuring out the spawns a little bit. Maybe they're just uh, experimenting with their map pool for the online qualifiers. I uh, don't really know, but that is something I personally have been keeping my eye on just because I feel like we didn't see it at all first week, like I said, and now we're seeing it a little bit more. Um, so unclear who picked it in this scenario, but that, that was a pretty convincing 100-point club by uh, New York. But uh, it, New York wins both hard points in this. Atlanta goes the Neslo route with the 2-3-5, uh, but they win the searches 6-4, 6-5. So it was a hard-fought series. Uh, filled with technical issues and delays and whatnot, but in the end, Atlanta is able to get a big win against the reigning major champs. Yeah, and, uh, so I'm looking at the stats from stage two or whatever major two qualifiers. Uh, phase one and three in hardpoint, three and one in search, and two and one in control. So uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be indicative of what happens in the in the major, uh, because who knows how that'll translate. But uh, even if you look at the the stats from major one. Atlanta, they were five and six in hard point in major one, but seven and one in search, and then they were five hundred in control. So it, it kind of tracks right now uh, how they're doing, um, and that's kind of how they did in the first major, which will be interesting because I mean, to go five hundred in in uh, in respawns in general will make it a little bit difficult. But I mean, they they have a really good search team that would what you could tell just from like the roster that this should be a really good search team. They're pretty much all made up of search and destroy kids like simp and Selim and Abizi are like they're ridiculous. And then slasher. I mean, I remember him from like black ops two and ghost that he was a really good, uh, like online player as well. So it's, um, be interesting, uh, to see these two teams match up again. I really want to, because I'm, I just think like it might, go in phases direction uh and i would just like to see it without all the the pauses and the kind of like stop and start uh kind of stuff um so yeah that does it for the recap but uh or the you know the recapping of our our matches uh the pick'em right now you are 22 and 22 because you went six and four on the week i am not 500 i am uh 20 and 24 on the season four and six this week so there's uh, some ground to be made up. And let's get into our predictions um, uh, going into this final week of Major 2 qualifiers. So it'll start on Friday, January 27th, Florida versus London. Um, Florida, obviously, first match with Dave Patty uh, back in the lineup, his you know season debut uh, for the Mutineers. London uh, kind of trying to capitalize on their final or their first win of the qualifiers against Vegas. Uh, who do you got between the Mutineers and the Royal Ravens? I, w I wish I didn't have to pick either team, to be honest. <laughs> they but, both lose. Um, I, I, as I think London is going to take it, but I just I can't get off the not picking London train, so I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to go with London uh, because I need to 
probably pick a little different than you, <laughs> and I'm also scared that I'm going to pick uh, against London and they're going to win again. Um, and we're also just canceling out the the jinx, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Vegas versus New York. Vegas, bad week uh, last week, and the subliners um, obviously didn't finish uh, particularly well, but they had a very hard-fought game. Uh, to finish out the week. Uh, I'm going to go with the subliners. I'm assuming the same for you. Yep. Atlanta versus LAG in the final match of Friday. Uh, I got to go with FaZe. I'm not too high on LAG. Uh, and even if I was, it's FaZe. So I, I try not to pick against them if I can help it. Yep. I'm going FaZe here, but just a reminder what we talked about like 10 minutes ago. We saw... Uh, close matchup with the LAG Academy, three-fourths of the current LAG squad, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time our cities is going up against his former teammate. So I um, wouldn't be surprised if LAG uh, pulls off the upset here, but I'm going to go with the, uh, Atlanta. Uh, Saturday, January 28th, LAG versus Toronto. Uh, I'm going to go with Toronto, but, I mean, you're kind of talking me into the Gorillas hype train <laughs> right now, so I'm a little scared. I'm just, I mean, and this is another one, right? Like, on paper, you expect Toronto to take this one, but the way LAG's been playing recently, and especially, you know, uh, Toronto's coming off that series where they lost two hard points to Optic after Optic lost two hard points to Seattle. LAG's looking strong with this current roster and hard point. Who knows what happens? I still got to go with Toronto, though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a week for LAG that will show what kind of team they are, at least Absolutely. going into the major. If they go 2-0, people are going to be like, holy crap, this team is like an, a contender to win, which would be very ironic considering they won major two last year, uh, despite not being favored very highly. Um, and they, they would be 4-1 and one in the major two qualifiers if they somehow go 2-0 and this week, so they would have to be like a top three seed. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Um, another team that has a chance at being a contender going into major two optic, they play against the Vegas Legion. Um, this should be a, like on paper, this should be a pretty one-sided affair considering how bad Vegas has played in everything but search, and then Optic has been playing well in search with this new roster. You would think that they would Optic matches up very well with this team, uh, and I'm going to go with Optic. I'm assuming the same for you. Yep. Florida versus Boston. Um, again, Florida. They play on Friday in their first match with Dave Patty, uh, but I mean, I I think I just got to go with Boston on this one. I am too. Just a. Uh... A I big believe, wake revenge game. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. I believe this is Big Wake's first match against his former franchise uh, of two years. Is it more than no? Because he was on MW twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah, so two plus years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, big big match for Big Wake, um, which is they should make a graphic of that for the CDL. <laughs> uh, and the final match of Saturday, Seattle versus New York. I have to go with the subliners, but this is probably one of the more interesting ones because I want to see what Seattle looks like going into this major. Because if they're if they get swept or you know a pretty one sided three one, I'd be pretty concerned going into major two for them. Yep, I got to go in New York too, and this is a good match because we saw Seattle beat New York at the major in the winners bracket. Then New York gets revenge in the grand finals, so. Um, unless they played in the first set of online qualifiers, which I don't think they would if they're playing so. them now. Um, this is, you know, the rubber game for them early in the season. So we'll see how it goes, but I got to go in New York. Final three matches of the weekend on Sunday, January 29th. Minnesota versus Seattle. Uh, we just talked about Seattle, obviously. 
Oh, I this one's difficult. <laughs> this one yep. might actually be the hardest one to pick, other than like Florida versus London. Yep. Um, <laughs> I I've just seen more of Seattle like over the past like year, and I just know more about what they're capable of at the moment. So I'll go with the surge, but I'm very not confident in that pick. Hundred percent, same situation. I'm I'm going with Seattle. Uh, no. Don't know what to expect out of Minnesota. Seattle potentially coming off a loss against New York would be 0-4 if that's the case going into their final game. Uh, they'll obviously be looking to get one on the board so they don't go 0-5. Um, but who knows? I could see either team winning it because, again, I, I really don't know what to think of Minnesota. Um, I'm just I'm going to go with Seattle, though. Uh, LA Thieves versus the Boston Breach, a cross-country game, which are always fun uh, in online Call of Duty. And... Has it been confirmed that Kenny will be playing this week? Okay, so nope. I'm I'm going to go with the Thieves anyway. Maybe this will be a Capsidal Revenge game. Who it knows? Could be. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Thieves, but I'm very not confident in that one either. Yeah, I got to go with Boston for the same reason you're not taking them, just because we don't know the roster situation for the Thieves. Um, but highlighting the potential of a, a capital revenge game if he stays in the lineup would definitely be another interesting storyline for this final week of qualifiers. Even if Kenny came back, I would still be not very confident in that pick because even with Kenny, they haven't looked great. And Boston, I think, is capable of being like a top six team as well. So they're they're right around the same level at this point in the season. It's going to be a, a weird game. Uh, and the final match is the one that I'm sure a lot of people are very interested in. Atlanta Phase versus Optic Texas. I don't know. Is there a nickname for this one? Because I know we have the HBR Classic that is patent pending for LAT Optic. Uh, Optic Envy used to be the E Classico. Uh, I don't know if there's a Phase versus Optic. This is just like the viewership bowl. Like the this is the, <laughs> the only match that everybody gives a damn about most of the time. Um, a really, a really, really good match. I'm assuming, especially if Optic wins against Vegas uh, and Atlanta wins their first match of the week against LAG. Um, they would be one of the two of the top seeds going into the major. Uh, and this would be a, a really big seeding match and just a big momentum shift. If Optic loses their final match before they go to the major, they have a lot of, you know, a lot of fans to be talking about how, you know, this player needs to be dropped, Rambo needs to be fired, blah, blah, blah. Like, I always think that there's a little more pressure on Optic, uh, regardless of, you know, kind of the circumstances. But, um, and the viewership for this, for especially if Scump is having a watch party, it's going to be crazy for Atlanta versus Optic. I'm going to go with Baze. I man, Sunday's looking to be a really good good day of matches. Uh, yep. I I don't have a a real good reason, just kind of a gut feeling, because Optic has looked uh, pretty good, but uh, very very uh, interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah, it should be a good match, especially based on Optic's performance with this new lineup in just one week. Now they're going to have another week of practice under their belt on top of their 2-0 performance last week, so should be a good one, uh, but I'm going to go with FaZe as well. And uh, that about does it. Um, anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? I know we covered the watch party a little bit with Scump. That was kind of like the biggest thing from the weekend other than the matches. Anything you got? Yeah. 
Um, you just scroll up a little bit. You can pull up the meter two standings for the qualifier. Yeah, you can just run screen. through that real quick. Yeah. Yep. One second. So, yep. Uh, so optic at the moment <laughs> at the top of the standings, which is kind of crazy considering how much stuff has been going around for optic so far. Uh, this is not cropped correctly at the moment, but uh, one minute. Jesus. I'll, I'll just run through it real quick. And right. as it pulls up, viewers who are watching the video can see. Um, so for the major two qualifiers, strictly speaking, uh, not the CDL overall, uh, Optic is in first place right now with 30 points. They're technically tied with Toronto, but Optic is 3-0. and Toronto is 3-1. and Toronto has that head-to-head -head loss with Optic 2. So even if they were... Uh, to both end at four and one, Optic would have the advantage there if it was just a two-way uh, tiebreaker. Uh, so Toronto's in second, 30 points, three and one. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five teams with 20 points. Um, four of those teams, starting with Boston, New York, LAG, and FaZe are two and one. The Rocker are two and two. Uh, so Rocker has the worst record of those five teams that puts them in seventh place. Uh, heading into this final week of qualifiers. And then we have four teams at 10 points, which means they have one win. Uh, Florida and Vegas are one and two, so they still have two matches to go, whereas the Thieves and London are one and three with only one match to go, which means the best they could finish is two and three. Uh, and rounding out the bottom of the standings with zero points is the 0-3 Seattle, so they do have a chance to pick up two wins. Uh, but kind of, as we alluded to, they have... Um, some difficult matchups this week with New York and Minnesota and taking into account we don't really know what to expect from Minnesota at this point. So, um, yeah, if, if the qualifiers ended today, uh, the four teams, because unlike Major 1, which was a Pro-Am style, this is going back to the format we saw for the Majors last year where it's just the 12 CDL franchises at the Major. Eight teams from these qualifiers start in winner's bracket. Bottom four automatically start the tournament in the loser bracket, which isn't an ideal scenario because that just means you lose one match and you're done. Uh, so if the qualifiers ended today, uh, Vegas, Thieves, London, and Seattle would be those four teams starting in the loser bracket right away. Uh, but obviously, you know, Thieves only have Thieves and London only have one match, but Vegas and Surge have two, so they have a little bit better chance of. Uh, escaping that, but even with just one win for Thieves in London, two and three gives you a decent chance with tiebreakers to potentially get up uh, out of the cellar there and avoid the loser bracket. We'll just have to see what happens uh, this weekend uh, because this picture will probably look very different for at least, I will, I'll say like half the teams will be in different spots most likely uh, by the end of this following weekend. Yeah, a lot of seating implications uh, heading into this weekend uh, and Quite a, a lot, I'm sure, riding on the performance of these teams at the major as far as roster changes go, because we'll be, uh, you know, about halfway through the season or whatever, 30, 40 percent through the uh, through the season at that point. And then it gets to the time where teams feel obligated to make changes if, you know, they're not in like a, a real good spot. We've already seen Florida make a change. London's made a few changes. Um, who knows what Seattle does considering they were offered, uh, you know, allegedly a ton of money for Pred and declined for, uh, declined that and said that it wasn't even close or something like that, which was a very interesting story. Um, but yeah, a lot of roster changes could be happening in a few weeks after the major, 
uh, and a lot riding on this week in particular as we get closer and closer to Major 2. Um, but yeah, so you see the standings on um, on the screen right now. If you're listening, you can always look at the CDL Twitter at COD League. Um, they have a, uh, I believe this is pinned, right? Uh, they have the standings for uh, the CDL, uh, or it's one of the most recent pictures at the time of recording. So if you want to go and look through that as well, it's also on CallofDutyLeague.com to look at the standings um, there. Um, but yeah, that about does it for us. Uh, we will be back next week, probably doing the live show. I would imagine on January 31st, um, you know, if all things go according to plan, which means that, uh, if you're listening on like the podcasting platforms that you'll be getting it on February 1st, uh, on Wednesday. And I believe the major start on Thursday, uh, next week or Friday. So Thursday. Thursday. So yeah, um, so February 2nd, I believe then, uh, which means that we might be doing this on Monday. It depends uh, on the scheduling and stuff, but we will be back next week. We will not dip out like we did last time and not talk to you for a month, hopefully. Um, so uh, that's that's definitely not the plan at the moment. Uh, but we'll be back next week. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, we live stream the podcast on Twitch, twitch.tv slash egochowpodcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at jbank with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers, And the podcast Twitter is at egochowpodcast. And um, that about does it. Bank, take it away. Yep, short and sweet this time. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, should be a good weekend of matches to wrap this one up leading into the major. So hope you guys enjoyed this show and looking forward to talking to you about the upcoming 10 matches heading into the major uh, next week. So we'll see you then. As always, remember to send the chat.